Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter one. Second Peter one. <clears throat> and for context, we'll read verse two, but our text is in verse three. The title is "Virtue: Every Christian's Calling." Virtue: Every Christian's Calling. Second Peter chapter one verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called, here's the calling, called us to glory and virtue. We're called to virtue. As a Christian, there's something that is your calling without being all you know specific. People say you know your calling in life or you, and that's supposed to be some job you're supposed to be a missionary a, a music director not necessarily here's one right here you're called to virtue every Christian should be known as a virtuous person we don't use that word very often in America we use a word similar to it we say character that's similar to virtue um, look at verse same chapter look at verse 4 whereby are giving, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature, something supernatural, having escaped the corruption that is in the uh, world through lust. And beside this, all the promises, beside that, all the good stuff, escaping the corruption of the world, beside all that, giving all diligence, add to your faith, Salvation is great, but don't stop there. Add to it, what do we add? Virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. Okay, so we should have virtue, and we should be um, accelerating in virtue. As we go longer and longer in our Christian life, we should be obtaining more and more virtue. I'm going to give you Webster's 1828 Dictionary. He defines it. I like this dictionary because he likes the Bible. The modern Webster does not do this. A modern Webster's dictionary doesn't have a clue who Webster was. <laughs> Here's his, de his definition. Uh, he says, The radical sense is strength from straining or stretching or extending. This is the primary sense of the Latin root of, uh, of uh, virtue. He gives several definitions of it. He says, Strength. That's the substance or quality of physical bodies by which they act and produce effects on other bodies. So it's not just that one thing's strength, it's how that strength affects something else. Bravery or valor, that's another way it's used, virtue. Uh, moral goodness, the practice of moral duties and abstaining from vice. So vice is the opposite of virtue. He says this. He gives one statement after giving all his definitions. Virtue is nothing but voluntary obedience to truth. It's not forced. It's voluntary. You decide. Let's look at virtue. The first thing I want to say about virtue is let's see the virtue product. You know, it's going to produce something. You don't want to get anything if you don't know the end result. Okay, uh, you want me to invest, but why would I invest in that? You know, what's the proof? What's the track record? <laughs> okay, let's see virtue's product. Romans chapter 14. 
Romans 14 verse 21 he says it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak that's virtue your strength affecting somebody else okay sometimes the greatest strength is restraint that's the hardest thing to do in verse 22 he says hast thou faith okay good for you <laughs> have it to thyself before God as far as just individually is concerned if you've got faith that's good between you and God but you should also be aware of what's going on around you that you may be affecting other men happy is he that condemneth not himself in that which he alloweth Okay, so he's saying, if your conscience gives you liberty to do a doubtful thing, um, your conscience says, I'm okay with doing this, but general public says, I'll give you, I'll give you for instance. I'm going way back, and this won't offend anybody. <laughs> when I was growing up, women could not wear pants. If women wore pants, buddy, they were trying to be a man and wear not that with their pertaining to a man, and you know, so forth, so on. Oh, yes. So, you know, that was critical. Now, you might be a woman, and between you and God, you say, you know, i got to go work out in the field. It doesn't do me any good to put on a skirt and go out there in the field. I need some pants. Pants are, you know, give me some good jeans that are going to last a while. That's a good investment. I mean, between you and God, you may have a clear conscience about that. But then you got a bunch of church folk come over, and you say, okay, well, I don't want to get into all of that. And I don't want to offend them. And I know I've got peace between me and God to do it on my own. But when they're watching, for their conscience sake, the weak brother, I'll go ahead. I don't have to do it today. Now that's what he's talking about here. He further defines meat there in Corinthians as being offered to idols. And he's talking about you might have a clear conscience about eating that because God made the meat, not the idol. However, if your brother who's been you know, accustomed to worshiping down there and sacrificing this meat to the idol and then eating it comes in, it might offend his conscience. So when he's around, don't do it. That's all he's saying here. So that's virtue. Virtue says, I will do something, not necessarily uh, for my benefit, but I'm going to look around me. Virtue says, I care about somebody else. Here's a poem. It says, isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper and sawdust rings and common people like me and you are builders for eternity? Each is given a bag of tools, a shapeless mass, a book of rules. Each, each must make, ere life is flown, a stumbling block or a stepping stone. That's a fact. The stumbling block is built by vice. What, what do I want? What's in it for me? A stepping stone is built by virtue. It's considering someone else. The next thing about virtue we see is virtue's persistence. Virtue, in order to be defined as having virtue, it's not something you did once. <laughs> it's your lifelong habit. That's In America, it's gone downhill real quick. Used to, even the lost world had some morals and some character about them. That's virtue. 
they had it. Uh, Mike Pearl says this, the farther down the line we get from Adam, the less like God we get. He says this, he says, man is created in God's image, so any good you find in a man saved or lost is residual that's left over. <laughs> and the farther we get away from the original creation, the worse man gets, and that's a fact he does. Virtue is just out the window. Uh, James chapter 1. James 1 verse 6. He says, But let him ask in faith. Okay, that's that faith thing. Nothing wavering. Okay, so this tells us something. Your prayers can be hindered while holding to vice, yet asking for the power of virtue. That's a complicated statement. I'm going to say it one more time so you get it. Prayers are hindered by holding to vice while asking for the power of virtue. Luke chapter 16, I'll show you what I mean. We'll be back in James in a minute or two or three. <laughs> Luke 16. Luke 16, uh, not 16. Luke 6 verse 17. Got a dyslexic morning. <laughs> Luke 6 verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. How do you think he's going to heal them? Verse 18. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Okay, how's all this healing happen? Verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Hmm. Virtue heals. Now, people want the effect of virtue without having virtue. Everybody wants healing, but they don't want any dedication to some rules. They don't want to force their life to live according to what God says. That's virtue. That's doing it when no one's looking. Luke chapter 8. See it again. Luke 8 verse 43. Luke 8 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Okay, you know where we are. This woman is, she's spent everything she can to get better and it didn't work. Well, verse 45. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied... Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? <laughs> Peter's always got something smart to say. Verse 46. Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Virtue heals. People don't have virtue, and this world is sicker than it's ever been, both physically and spiritually. We're sick. <laughs> James, back to James. James 1, verse 6. James 1, verse 6. He says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You shouldn't be wishy-washy. 
Okay, if you're going to have virtue, you're not wishy-washy. You've determined God says um, this rule, whatever it is for you. Find it in His Word. Okay, He tells me I've got to do this. Nobody else around me is doing it, but it doesn't matter. Virtue says I will do it, period. That's tough. That's virtue. Not like a wave of the sea that whatever wind blows it, it crests or it becomes a rogue wave or whatever. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, like a wave. It's unstable. You can't predict it. Some of the greatest tragedies that happen out in the sea is what they call a rogue wave. Just out of nowhere, this wave that goes against the other waves and flips ships and all kinds of stuff. Verse 9, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted. If you're going to have virtue, that's probably how you personally identify low degree. <laughs> I'm always giving up. I'm always going through these things. I'm having a hard time. Nobody around me is. I really shouldn't have to have all this because other Christians don't have it. But God's demanded it of me. Okay, that's low degree. He says you'll be exalted. You're doing it for the right reason. That's good. Listen to this poem. He says, One ship drives east, another drives west with the self-same winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tells them the way to go. Like the winds of the sea are the winds of fate. As we voyage along through life, tis the set of the soul that decides the goal, not the calm or the strife. That's true. It doesn't matter how bad your life is. If you've got character, you're going to keep doing the same things you've always done. Look at Daniel. They made a rule, you cannot pray. None of that. you got a petition to ask, you go to the pagan king down here. Daniel said, I've always done this. It's right between me and God. I'm still doing it whether they care or not. Matter of fact, I don't want them sneaking in here putting a spy camera in my room. I'm going to open the window up. <laughs> and he prays toward Jerusalem. Okay, that's us. That should be virtue in us that we're going to do the things God's commanded regardless of circumstances. It can get real hard or it can get real easy. And both of those are hard to do. It's real hard to do right when you've got everything you want. There's no hard times. It's real hard to do right when everybody's beating you up for it. <laughs> Both extremes are tough. Um, the struggles of life are actually the stage on which virtue is displayed. If everybody's doing it, it's nothing special. And if you've got virtue, buddy, you are special these days because nobody's doing it. <laughs> If you can do right consistently, that's something special. Now, none of us do it enough. <laughs> that's true. We should always be improving and growing in virtue. One more point. Virtue's prejudice. Now, that sounds tough. But if you're going to have virtue, you're going to have to have already decided, I'm going to do this, therefore I cannot do that. You have to be prejudiced. If you get married, you're prejudiced. You're prejudiced against all other women. That's right. I mean, really, you are. You've got the best one. 
you know, right. none of the rest of them matter. Amen. Otherwise, you don't really love the one you got. Okay? Virtue's the same way. It's going to be prejudice. Philippians 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, don't get excited. This finally is going to be a long finally. <laughs> whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. That's a long list. Six things here he's given us that are approved for contemplation by the conscience. But even those six still have to further be filtered by two characteristics. Notice the rest of our verse. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. We would have looked at that list and said those first six sound pretty good. If I could just limit my thoughts to those six, I'd be in good shape. But that's not what he said. He said even those six things you need to further define, is there any virtue in it? So what if it's true? Is there any virtue in it? Mm. So what if it's lovely? Is there any virtue in it? Mm. Virtue is important. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 verse 5. Well, let's, Philippians 4. Let's look at verse 4 to begin with. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's between a man and God. Man might see you do it, but it doesn't have anything to do with man. If you're rejoicing in the Lord, it's the only two people required to be present is you and the Lord. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's faith. Your salvation is just between you and God. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's virtue. Something other men know. Your moderation. Somebody's moderating you. Somebody's got the reins. Somebody's controlling you. You won't go to the nightclub on Friday night. The rest of them are going down there. And some of your good supposed Christian friends are going down there. <laughs> Nowadays you can say that, and that's a fact. But you can say, no, I'm, I'm going to be virtuous. I'm not going down there. I know that's not right between me and God. Therefore, they can all know I'm not going to be there. And that's letting all the men know I'm being moderated. I'm being controlled because the Lord's at hand. Proverbs chapter 31, the famous passage on virtue. Proverbs 31 verse 10. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Now, that sounds like I'm going to preach on women today, but I'm not. <laughs> As a Christian, you're the bride of Christ. You're supposed to be. Therefore, every single Christian should identify in this passage all of the things a virtuous woman is supposed to do because that's what every Christian, male or female, is supposed to be doing being virtuous. You can go through that and it's a blessing to do it and identify. Take each of those verses, find the spiritual connection for you, how God wants you to prove your virtue. I'm going to give you 
some characteristics of it from a different passage. That one I didn't take time to do. You can go home and do that one and have fun with it. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 5. Colossians 3 verse 5. Here's a whole list of ways we can be virtuous. Now, these are rules. People don't like rules. Rules are not necessarily um, that I legislate rules. I can't legislate rules. That's preferences. <laughs> God can legislate rules. This is His universe. And He makes the rules, whether we like it or not. He says, for a Christian, this is what a Christian ought to be doing. Now, this doesn't work so well when I'm pointing my finger at somebody else and telling them to do it, but it sure works good when I look in the mirror and do it. <laughs> Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members. Put them to death, which are upon the earth. Fornication. Okay, this is a big absolute not. <laughs> do not. Fornication. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience, into which also you walk, uh, ye also walked sometimes when ye lived in them. See, that's the old life you had. Verse 8, But now also, I'm going to give you more a list. Also put off all these. Okay, we understood in verse, was that 5? Yeah, we understood in verse 5 those were biggies. The world would look at those and know them immediately. That's one way they would identify virtue. He's not messing around on his husband, her, her husband, his wife, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> they're, they're always going to church. They always read that Bible. They always put God first. You know, that's the biggies. However, he says, I'm going to give you a better list. Watch this one. Put off all these. Anger. That becomes obvious too. The world notices an angry person. We talked about uh, Nabal this morning. He's an angry man. Everybody knew it. His wife knew it and tried to cover for him. Anger, malice, or wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. <laughs> he said, These things men will see. And they should not be seeing them. This is how you have virtue. You determine, regardless of what I want, what I like, or what is socially acceptable, these things will not happen with me. That's virtue. That's character. That's tough. <laughs> Verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds. And here's something else to do. It's not all negative, negative. Verse 10 and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Life gets real boring if you've got a list of can't-dos. <laughs> you need some get help-yourself-dos. <laughs> and the Bible's full of those too. Well, a person of virtue knows where those lines are, knows where those rules are, and can identify them. Now, that's not me giving them to you. I mean, I can see big evidences of your life. However, between you and God, you should start building your own list. He'll identify them to you. Look at Second Peter chapter uh, one.
Second Peter 1, our verse again, verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory. You been called there yet? It's coming. It's coming. And to virtue. It's a package deal. It's not just all negative. There's a positive in there. You're going to get some glory. Well, we understand that. What do they say in the world? No pain, no gain. <laughs> okay. If you're willing to dedicate your life to virtue, it pays off. Everybody's not going to be equal in heaven. You know, you, you don't have <clears throat> socialism up there. It's not communism. God rewards you according to your work. Virtue is a calling that's dependent on our participation. <laughs> you know that for a fact by looking at people around you. A lot of them have gotten the call, but it's on call waiting <laughs> or call forwarding or something. <laughs> the reward for that participation is called glory. And glory is yet to be revealed. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 3. Colossians 3, verse 3, he says, For ye are dead. That's uplifting. <laughs> and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now that is uplifting. You're hid in Christ. Don't get no better than that. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. That's exciting. That's some, something you can put your mind on while you're struggling through virtue. <laughs> That's the payoff. Here's a poem, an old poem. It says, Say Not the Struggle. This is the title of it. And this is a good mindset to have as we go through this life because we'll be tempted to badmouth living righteous. Because <laughs> it's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's tough. Okay, there's a big payoff. Others aren't going to get. Here's our point. Say not, the struggle not availeth, the labor and the wounds are vain, the enemy faints not nor faileth, and as things have been, they remain. For while the tired waves vainly breaking seem here no painful inch to gain, far back through creeks and inlets making, comes silently flooding in the main. One day glory will appear for those who will dedicate to virtue. Virtue or vice, it comes at a price. Vice has a payment too. It pays off. Both of them have a proper compensation by the just judge God. Isaiah 3. Isaiah 3, verse 11. Isaiah 3, 11, he says, Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him. David didn't think that was so in Psalms chapter 2. He said, I look around and the heathen are raging. And the people are imagining a vain thing. They think it's okay to be a heathen. But from God's point of view, he says, that story hadn't been finished yet. I'll tell you what, how it ends. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him. For the reward of his sins shall be given him. 
Mm. Vice will pay off in the end, but not a payment man wants to pay. In 1 Corinthians 3.14, I'm going to read this to you quick so we can get done. 1 Corinthians 3.14, the Bible says, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. That's a good thing right there. When we get to heaven, if your work, your virtue, remains, it'll go through a fire. And if it remains, you get a reward from God. That's a good one. Now, for us to remember as we go through every day in order to remind ourselves that virtue is our goal, Revelation 22, 12. Virtue is the weights we lift in order to accomplish the struggle that we've been given. <laughs> virtue is not easy. Revelation 22:12. He says, this is Jesus talking, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. There's your work, your virtue. If you're virtuous, you can count on it. You're getting rewarded for it. Those without virtue get rewarded too. Because vice has its own price. Virtue is nice, not vice. 